This episode of the Turf District Podcast is brought to you by The Pulse. Want to start your day informed? Check out The Pulse, Taproot's daily news briefing. The Pulse tells you what you need to know about Edmonton every weekday morning. You'll get short, informative updates about what's happening at City Hall, plus coverage of business, tech, food, the arts, and more. You'll also get a little bit of whimsy from features such as A Moment in History and the weekly podcast pick. And it's free. Sign up today at taprootedmonton.ca slash pulse. That's taprootedmonton.ca slash pulse. Enjoy the show. Hey, fellas. We ain't gonna ever back down from nobody. I don't care who it is. This is a brotherhood. And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied. If one of us go down, we have another and another and another that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field and bang them. Bang them. Bang them. Somebody light me up. It's time to huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. district where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL and we're a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network locally grown community supported and also a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Andrew and thank you for joining us this evening on YouTube or downloading the podcast. We really appreciate you doing that and if you get a second to either hit the subscribe button or share or let people know about the show we'd really appreciate it. So thank you for joining us though tonight we have a very fun show with with another amazing guest. But first of course who is here with us as always the one and only super fan Mike. Like and subscribe. Like and beautiful. Love them. There we are. <laughs> Those are the greatest jantlers ever. Yeah, <laughs> the greatest jantlers of all time. Uh, how you doing, super fan? Well, it's been a good week. Excellent. I, I, mean, I mean, like it. It feels different, doesn't it? Like it's. We've done something for the first time ever. I know. Really. Ever. Wait. Ever. 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 What's ever? Ever. We've won wearing white numbers. Oh, that's true. That's that's true. I'm. That has never happened. Okay, great. Well, we so uh, you know, yeah, string a couple more of those cheers. together. That would be <laughs> exactly sociable. That's how that. Is that what that happens with that? All right. So we just end it right here, and we're good. Yeah, um, that, that's fair. Yeah, and thanks for joining us. No, uh, <laughs> can't catch footballs in your face. That's right. Next, returning this week, uh, back from uh, I'm not sure where she was, but she's back to join us now. It is one Commissioner Kayla. How are you, Commissioner? I wasn't anywhere. I was on my couch. You were on your couch. Oh, okay. I thought you were just you know hiding from us again or something. I don't know, but we we miss you as always. Yeah. We're glad yeah. you're back. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I see you even have Monday Night Football on. Look at you go. Of course. Now that we actually have NFL starting again, it's, I'll have that as my feature. We have all the all the footballs all the time. That's right. All the footballs all the time. Oh, you can't even see my little sign that I – there's a little helmet right there. Oh, yeah. I can see the sign there. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know what it says, but I can see. Is there something saying on it or something? I know it's not fall yet, but it says fall family and football. And then there's a football. It's a football helmet. Oh, lovely. Okay, fantastic. That just sounds like you describe most of what this podcast is. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of family, we brought in uh, another one of our CFL family this evening to to join us. Now, not only a part of the CFL family, but also a part of our podcast family Uh, from the Mushwar podcast. It is Janine. How are you, Janine? Well, I'm not feeling as happy as the three of you are, but it is good to be with you again. So we're happy that you came. I had to bite my tongue just a little bit during yeah. that introduction of Superfan, but that's okay. That was that was, that was very good. I, I do appreciate it. Um, How many times I'm, did we beat you last year again? I forget. Uh, none. Yeah, that's none. what it was. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Coming back to you now. There we go. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. The therapy is working. We remember that there was a couple of those last year. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Last year, um, we we went in. The last time we talked to you, we were getting set for week one, and we were all excited for the turn of football last year. And we're like, yeah, well, this. And I didn't. I was trying not to be too braggy. And next thing you know, we got. got clobbered so um well i wouldn't call it clobbered it was actually a pretty awful game that was really just a defensive standoff but we did win that one that was a whole year and that was a whole year ago well and then you won at home when we came came and 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 we we don't know what that's like so what the like i know that you can appreciate this it's the same thing like we don't really win at home um which is (laughs) which is unfortunate but um I mean, I, I, I do want to talk about the game, but mm-hmm. how are you doing? How, how are you doing in the <laughs> middle of all this? Because uh, we're we're worried about our podcast friends. <laughs> well, I think I think we understand each other maybe a little bit better than many other podcast friends <laughs> these days. Um, I I mean, it's pretty tough being a Red Blacks fan right now. It's and you guys know it's tough talking about a team that can't snap back out of a losing streak although you guys have certainly hope I don't know I think you might be on your way to snapping back that's how (laughs) dire I think things might be in Ottawa right now but it's tough but you know football's when you know it's not my job it's it's I'm a fan it's not my life and so do I get frustrated sure but am I still gonna go watch football every week yeah like it's you know it's it's something I do for fun and it's my pastime and tough being a fan at times like this but that's what being a fan is all about it's always a bit of a roller coaster so we're on a bit of a down right now here in ottawa right Great. and and sweeter when you go back (laughs) up though right that's right. Eventually, I don't know how far <laughs> off that is, but eventually, you do have to go back. Up. Eventually, it does. It, it yeah, the the roller coaster does go back up at some point. But I I think though the one thing, I mean, I know our nation is rattled. I get it. Um, yeah. But like we knew it wasn't going to be a a quick easy fix, right? Like I know there's there was a lot of you know, decisions for, I don't want to solely blame Desjardins or anything like that, but there was a lot of decisions that they had to overcome to get to this point, to get back on the upswing. And, and I'm not sure, do you think with all the changes off season that it was expected that it would be a faster rebound or do you, or do you, or do you think people still know that it's a bit of a long-term uh, fix? I don't think, 
I don't think anybody expected that at this point in the season we'd be one and eight. Um, you know, I think maybe even three and five, I think people would have had a bit more patience for. But certainly, and Michaela and I talked about it in our free agency episode, with everybody that they brought in and all the talent that they brought in, we said right from the very beginning, if things don't get on a right path, not necessarily right away, but, you know, midpoint through the season, if we don't start to see improvement, you've got to start asking questions about the coach because everything else has been, quote unquote, fixed on paper, right? right. We needed O-linemen, we needed receivers, we needed a quarter, we needed everything. And Sean Burke went out and did that. And the only thing that wasn't changed was the coaching staff. And so I think that's part of it is people just... We started strong, even though we lost twice to Winnipeg. We were in both of those games. And now it's just been this steady decline. And that's what I think is rattling people. I think we would have been a little more patient if we had a couple more wins under our belt. And, of course, you can't underestimate what losing Jeremiah Mazzoli has done to morale, um, mm-hmm. not just for fans, but in, the, in that locker room. Um, like he was, you know, a lot of people signed with Ottawa after Mazzoli signed with Ottawa. And so that was actually a really big hit that I think we've all underestimated. And uh, I'm not making that mistake anymore. (laughs) It's really hurt us. Uh, Well, I mean, you talked about the, maybe not controversy with the coach, but the the always level-headed mob is calling for Lapo's head. Um, But we've always said you can... You, if you fire the coach, who are you going to replace him with? Like, who would be the replacement for for your head coach, especially with the coaching gap going on? So where do you stand on that? Well, I, you know, I'm not one who believes that making a change at coach is something to take lightly, especially midseason. Um, and I've never been one to call for uh, Paul Apolise's head. We have said um, quite often that I do think the dual role is too much. I think he's not focusing as much on his head coach duties because he's kept the offensive coordinator duties, which he's usually very good at, but not so much this year. And I think it's just a bit too much on his plate and a bit too much pressure on top of having a bit too much on his plate. So I don't stand with the level-headed mob necessarily in terms <laughs> of fire the coach. I had hoped that when Kahari Jones was unceremoniously let go of the Montreal Alouettes that we might have a thought there to bring him on as offensive coordinator and lighten La Police's um, load a little bit. But you said it, Mike, there's a coaching cap and he plays two roles. So to bring a guy like KJ in, where are you going to get that money? But to come back to your original question, if you let go of Paul Apolice, you got to replace a head coach. And you've got to replace an offensive coordinator. And I don't see a lot of people in the wings that are necessarily ready to be OC. I could see Bob Dice or Mike Benavides maybe being offered interim head coach. Mm-hmm. But then you create a whole other problem there. Sure. You have them playing a dual role. Yeah. So and getting, still no OC. And still no OC. So getting rid of Paul Apolis at this point in the season, I actually don't know what it really buys us other than maybe peace with the fan base. But that's going to be short-lived if wins don't come. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Everything is always like that immediate gratification and not like what's the long-term effects and what's, you know, like we're, it's so easy to go on Twitter and demand someone's job and then, okay, but think of all these other branches that are going to be affected by that mm-hmm. too, right? Like, 
obviously there's going to need changes and I, I'm with you, sis, when it comes to Jeremiah Mazzoli. Losing <laughs> him, I'm sure a lot of people are like that, but losing Holy Mazzoli is, there's a there's a little emptiness. There's just yep. like not that spark and that excitement on, on the field. Um, and now you've got a little bit of controversy with your quarterbacks. So who do you see starting the next game? Because I just read that um, Paul hasn't even made a decision on who's going to start. Yeah, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll back up a little bit and say when I saw the Arbuckle resigning, the first thing that went through my head is, do him and Paul Lapolice like each other and are they ever going to get on the same page? And the reason I thought that right away is because it's Paul Lapolice who said to Desjardins, I don't really want Arbuckle. I want you to go after Matt Nichols because I know that guy. And don't worry, we don't need to evaluate his shoulder I'll make it work with Matt Nichols. And then Arbuckle was kind of jettisoned to the curb, right? So there's a bit of bad blood there in that relationship. Mm. And I think one of the big questions that people are asking right now is, why isn't he giving Arbuckle a chance earlier, for example, in the last game? I have no problem with Caleb Evans getting the start in the game against the Elks, by the way. He had a very bad game against Calgary, but he had two good games before that. So I kind of wanted to see, can Caleb Evans bounce back? And I think it was completely legitimate that he got the start. If Arbuckle doesn't get the start in this game, though, in the next game against you guys, I, like, I really, I'll ask that question again, just a little louder next time. Like, what the heck is going on between yeah. him and La Police that Arbuckle doesn't get the start? Because Caleb Evans wasn't able to do anything unless it was using his feed in that last game. And it's not all on him. Play calling's bad. Receivers aren't getting open. But I do think you got to switch things up. And if he's your second string, if you're not putting Tyree Adams in as your second string, then you got to have some faith and you got to go with Arbuckle at some point. So I I like Caleb Evans. I've enjoyed watching the development of Caleb Evans, but we gotta we got to switch things up here. And I think it's time for Arbuckle to get his shot. I agree with you too on Caleb Evans. I, I personally, I think he had a pretty decent first half at, because he was mm-hmm. relying on his own skill and his own ability to rush. He was what second in rushing, I think. I think he and, got the most rushing yards. Most? Yeah, for us. Well, maybe that game. was yeah. that was Corn Dog who got second yeah. in rushing yards. <laughs> the two quarterbacks, yeah. Yeah, yeah the was... two quarterbacks. And and I actually mistake him for Mazzoli sometimes in the helmet. I'm like. Was always back. No, that's Caleb <laughs> Evans. So maybe that's why I'm a little bit lenient on Evans. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Now, I, I, it's not. I, I want to get away a little bit because it's not completely doom and gloom with with Red Blacks. I mean, obviously the on field play is not great, but one of the things that the Red Blacks have done continuously very well as far as I'm concerned is the connection off the field and I know you got to be a part in the women's um feet on field uh what do they call that the training camp yeah, yeah. women's training camp yeah mm-hmm. and they they do things a lot like a lot of good things off the field and, and I know that I, the only reason I bring that up is I, I remember last year where we had had bad stuff field and bad stuff off the field. And, and it's kind of nice to remember that, you know, they, they still do good things off the field and they try to connect people with their players, whether it's the quarterback club and all those types of things. So do you feel that that effort is still there? Do you think that that's now lost or, or what, what do you, how do you feel about that side of things? 
the effort from uh, from the team is definitely still there, and they're still super involved. Like last game was a pride game, and so you know the players came out waving the pride flag, and um, you know there was uh, there was recognition of some of the organizations in our community that work with LGBTQ plus uh, populations and communities, and so that like they're still very involved in the community i'm involved in the oseg foundation um which brought this incredible program to ottawa called girls on the run which teaches girls confidence and life skills through running uh they have the women's training camp which raised money for girls on the run and then gets more women involved in football so definitely like involvement in the community they are doing so much off the field that i personally really really appreciate What's not resonating, though, I think, is, um, and you can go find it, like Mark Gowdy put out a little bit of a tweet thread about how the on-field product's not good enough and have some patience and -hmm. stick with us and we'll get better. That is falling so flat right now. Like, you know how they say, don't read the comments? Don't read the comments. (laughs) Like, it is, like, OSEG is just getting completely blasted. And to the point where some fans are so frustrated that they're even making comments about stop focusing so much on OSEG Foundation and focus more on the on-field product. Like that's how frustrating I I think a lot of people are finding this season because it's the third season in a row where things are really not that good. So I don't want them to quit. Obviously the community stuff to me, that matters just as much as, Mm. as the football, if not more, because it is actually changing people's lives for the better. Um, but they're struggling a little bit to find that balance now, Andrew, I think, how to speak to the fans and stay strong in the community at the same time. Um, and I don't have any genius solutions for them, honestly. I think they just got to take their lumps a little bit on what's going on on field, but continue with the good work that they're doing in the community because that really does make a difference. And it's, I notice it, and I think it's really important. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I even, too. sorry, go ahead, Andrew. No, I was just saying I do too. You go ahead. Yeah, we're good. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even Victor gets toot out. Yeah. On yeah. So, yeah. and he's amazing too. Like everything right? that he's doing. And uh, I saw him in Ottawa, like chatting with Ottawa fans afterwards on field. And like everybody was going to find him because he's making that difference for you guys uh, in your community. But yes, people still, that's the thing about, that's the thing about fandom, right? Like we have extreme emotion about sport. That's why we're fans. And sometimes it comes out in a little bit more vitriolic than I, (laughs) than I perhaps wanted to. (laughs) You don't say. Yeah, exactly. I hadn't noticed. Yeah. Oh man. I'm sure you, you guys must get it too though. Like we get criticized all the time by people who say we're shills for the team or we're we don't call we're not demanding you know Paul Police's head and all of that and look like I totally get that people are frustrated but you know what and I'd love to hear what you guys think about this because I know you you're facing some of the same sport culture is already so toxic on any given day I just don't feel like I need to add to the toxicity and the bullying. Like, I really don't. And so for me, this is fun. Like, I met all of you guys through football podcasting. This is fun. This is supposed to be a pastime and a hobby. And it's supposed to be about supporting the sport and the team and the league that we all love. It's not supposed to be about getting angry at each other. So it like it's been tough this season. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Oh, yeah. 
Go ahead. Mike. Yeah, we. I mean, we went through it uh, a lot since the name change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even before the, the team. Before the name even change. before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, the team was changing their name uh, at the time just to the Edmonton Football Club, and mm-hmm. we changed the name of the podcast. And there was a lot of backlash about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is long before the Elks name even came into to play. So yeah, we've been we've been sort of dealing. And of course, when the team isn't doing well, people just get angry and they need to vent. Yep. Uh, and I've spoken to um, not the current but previous uh, Elks social media team members, and I've often asked like, how do you not block some of these people? Or it's like everyone just wants to vent, and once they get it out, maybe if you're still there and are logical and calm and everything else, maybe you can win them over and you can get another fan for a long time. So I thought that was pretty impressive. It's certainly a better person than I am. <laughs> I'm all about that mute button. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think I, I agree with you, Janine, where you said it's like, this is supposed to be, this is supposed to be fun. And one of the things that, that actually kind of brought it more to the forefront for me was when my son started playing and I would watch the team play and, and, and they had good games and they had games that were not so good. And, but I I wasn't going to the other dads and going, Oh my God, like number 53, boy, he sucks. Like I would, I would never, right. Even if your kids screwed it up. Right. (laughs) And so I think about that every time we sit down to do the pod or I'm talking on Twitter or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that guy might read it. And I could say that he had a tough game and he'd probably agree with me, but I don't need yeah. to crap on everybody on the team because mm-hmm. they, they know how bad it is and, and, or it was, I guess I should say it, and it's, it can get better. And I, I'd rather be more like Manny Arsenault. That's like, yeah, they, they lost, but Hey, the next day we get up the next day and we're going to be better. And that's, yeah. it's to me, that's what the sport is about. Yes. We want you to win. And yes, it's frustrating when they're, not playing well but in the end we still want to cheer for you and we want to put our colors on and sit down and watch the next game <laughs> so, and mm-hmm. then chat with our our cfl friends and say oh well this was good and this was good but holy man that that team's having a rough that go rough but how can we help them like, <laughs> like it's, you know without send beer <laughs> or just to the uh, team or to to me oh okay just <laughs> that just, we can do just so you know, I mean, we, you know, we, we cheer for you every time. We, what we want to give you, we want to give you is wins against Saskatchewan and Calgary. Like, that's oh, what we wow. want to give you. That's what we want to be helpful. And Winnipeg. Right. Those <laughs> yeah. are, that's great. Yeah. Those were very, we're, we're very happy to be with those. Um, <laughs> all right. I want to talk a bit about this game from this week. Uh, before we get into that, we did have a little bit of Elks news um, that I just wanted to mm. go over. Um, we were talking about in the community and the Elks are doing a blood drive on August the 29th. Um, You can book your appointment on the Canadian Blood Services website, which is blood.ca. And anybody who donates on the 29th does have a shot at some Elks merch. So that was the first time I almost said the old name Elks merch. So uh, make sure that we, uh, that you join in for that. Uh, We did sign defensive back Mark McLaurin and we brought back wide receiver Christian Salisbury, which I was very excited about. I really like Christian at training camp and uh, I I love his speed. I'm excited to see him out there. Uh, We did release Hakeem Butler. We hardly knew ye. No. Uh, (laughs) Ethan McConzo. That's not Enoch, but Ethan. 
just because people yes. were getting that mixed up a little. Uh, and uh, match game, Charles Nelson. So, uh, because, you know, he was having a rough go. So, let's talk about this game a little bit. Uh, Elks win 30-12. to 12. Sorry, Janine, I, I, I did have to say what the score was. Uh, but, right. uh, I have to do it tomorrow when we record <laughs> ours, too. Right? Um, now, the Red Blocks got off to a good start. Um, did. Yeah, and did. Caleb Evans was was killing us with his feet. Hundred um, percent. And then they got up twelve to three, and then and there was like still four minutes left in the second quarter, and then it just kind of went our way. Um, mm-hmm. Elk scored twenty seven unanswered points. Um, interesting part with this game: there was no fumbles or interceptions on either side of the ball. No, no. Which, which I I kind of expected that there would be a lot of actual well especially with these two teams like that yes yeah yes that's been kind of how it's gone so i i was i was a little bit surprised so so janine you you were at the game i assume um yes i was yeah okay so what what did you see that was good in the game um <laughs> dogs at halftime and frisbee dogs oh. at halftime which was amazing. Those did look very cool, um, I must say. Yes. It was, it was actually super entertaining. I was highly, highly into it, actually. <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, like you said, we started out we started out really strong. And against Calgary, we hadn't been calling a game that matched Caleb Evans' skills. And then this game started out with play calls that matched Caleb Evans skills and, you know, busted it. He busted a few ankles getting into the end zone mm-hmm. on his own, um, aided by uh, roughing the roughing the kicker penalty, of course, but we had some momentum and, and it was a positive start. And it was actually one of, you know, we don't always have the greatest, the greatest starts in the last few games. So, so that was nice to see that was positive. And you did see some great catches from receivers like Nate Bahar and traffic. Darvin Adams had a hell of a catch for a 50 yard, uh, 50 yard um, catch. I forget which, uh, which quarter it was in, but there were moments, there were some really good moments. Um, But I got to say, like I had to dig deep to answer that question because I felt like the Red Blacks gave up with about two or three minutes left in the first half. And then from then on, like the body language on the sidelines, the defense was gassed. I think they were on mm-hmm. the field for 22 minutes of the second half. Like yeah. yep. they were completely gassed. And it was just, Darvin Adams had one great catch, but he dropped three others that were like at least two of them that were right on the numbers. So it like they just kind of looked right before halftime, like a team that was giving up. Like they just, they didn't want to be there. They just didn't want to play anymore. Um, And so this was probably the hardest game to watch while physically being there. And it's probably the one where I talked a lot more with people around (laughs) than watched the actual game, (laughs) which I don't normally do. I'm normally pretty intensely into the game, but this one was just a little bit harder than others to watch because they just kind of gave up. Yeah. We've been there. Yeah, yeah, we that get it. That was my whole 2021 season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, Kayla, what did you find good in this game? On our side? Wow, I yeah. can actually talk about it. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yes, you can. We're you gonna, should. Yeah, we're going to be balanced here. Yeah. I well, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure we're we're going to all be in agreement with the second half adjustments actually working in our favor because yes. that's. I don't remember the last time that actually happened. So 
But I think the, the biggest thing that I noticed was all the second down conversions that were successful in a row. Mm-hmm. And in the fourth quarter, we ate up, what, seven, eight minutes on the clock just from that one possession. Yeah. Yeah. That was insane. Like, that was incredible time management and just skill of working with patience and controlling the ball. I was like, this isn't the elk. <laughs> but again, it's like, is it the Elks or did the Red Blacks just were like, I, I'm I'm done playing. So it looks like we're really good. That's the difficulty. It's like, are we actually good or did they just give up? <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the the successful second down conversions, I think, really stood out to me the most in the second half. Especially the first half will just. Just, yeah, yeah, when it's gone. I get Park it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought Taylor Cornelius for you guys, like finally kind of got some things together in this game, which was, which was good for you guys to see. Not so good for me to see, but I, but I was impressed with his second half performance mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first half he, he was uh, struggling a bit on getting his accuracy okay. and, and mm-hmm. I know Mike and I were texting him like, man, he's, He's slinging, but it's not anywhere near where it needs to be. And then in the second half, it yeah. was right on the money. So it was yeah. uh, an interesting, uh, interesting adjustment there. Um, oh, sorry, I forgot one. Oh, what's sorry, that? that's okay. Go ahead. Sorry, Darrell Walker finally getting a touchdown. Oh yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. In the first fourth, one since I, 2019. That is just. I mean, it should have happened a long time ago, but I'm so happy for him. Hopefully, that'll like. <laughs> start kick something in his heart and he'll play even better for the, the duration of the season. But yeah, sorry. That's an, another one I was very happy about. <laughs> that's a great one to be happy about. Uh, super fan. What do you got for goods in this one? Uh, well, I absolutely loved the balance we had. Yeah. We had pretty much 50, 50 runs and passes. Some of the runs are going to be maybe broken coverage. So, uh, you know, Cornelius will pull it down and run and a couple of, um, you know, uh, first and and uh, third down sort of gamble or second down and, and short kind of uh, uh, rushes with Kyle Oxley. Um, but yeah, just the fact that they actually used Milanovic, Lee Trey, um, as well as Malik Irons. Uh, Irons didn't have as great a game, but um, it was over four yards of carry for Milanovic, Lee Trey, which I thought was great. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought the defensive line really started to get stronger as the game went on. But like Kayla said, when they started to add that seven and a half minute run in the fourth quarter, um, you could see that they were pulling Evans and they were going to put Arbuckle in uh, just as we were ending the third quarter. And he didn't get to come in until, what, seven minutes left in the game? Yeah. Because we chewed up the clock with that ball control offense. And that's what having that balance can really do for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the fact that at halftime when they interviewed Lee Trey, he said, well, we just need to get the ball and drive it down the field and get a touchdown. And then they did it three times. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, good for you. Way to go. Um, so uh, we got to have him on the show at one point to talk to him about that. But that was, uh, that, that was pretty funny. Um, Jake Serezna is my positive in this mm. game because he is playing yes. on a different level since he got back from injury. Um, he had a sack, a tackle for a loss and just pressure all night. Um, now he did all. He did also help out Janine. He was the one that got the roughing the kicker call. But still, yeah. he, did, he did do. Uh, he was just 
kind of all over the field. So I, I really, I, I wanted to give a shout out to, to Jake cause I thought he had a, a great game. Um, and you guys kind can of covered I, can I just way. ask you guys if you, you saw it on TV? Like, did you? Because they didn't show the replay on the screen, and I didn't see the roughing, the kicker. But did they show it on? Did it look yeah. bad? Because I wonder if that's why Lewis Ward missed two field goals after. Was it? I I just didn't see it. I don't know how. It wasn't anything malicious at all. He was <laughs> no, diving no, no, no. for it, the ball and just yeah. carried in. And I don't know if that's really him blocking the kick is something he does a lot of. So mm-hmm. when you're, you know, 260, 280 pounds or more. <laughs> it's hard more, to be elegant. <laughs> and you're throwing yourself at a ball that all of a sudden isn't there anymore. You're just, you know, Newton's law says you're going to be carrying into something. So unfortunately, it was the kicker. It wasn't insignificant, but I never know because kickers are always trained to sort of get down when they're touched. Yeah, um, yeah. Not that he was, you know, acting or anything, but I don't know how severe it was just because, I mean, he did eventually get up and he winced a little bit, but he mm-hmm. was able to walk up. I wonder if it was more psychological than physical. Yeah, maybe. No, for sure. It, it definitely impacted him because Lewis right. Ward doesn't miss two field goals in a game. Most so... accurate kicker in CFL history. Yeah. So it totally, it totally influenced him for in his performance for the rest of the game. But it was one of those things where in stadium, they would not put that replay back up. Right. Uh, and I don't have a PVR on a PVR game, so I haven't been able to see what it looked like. So I was just curious um, if it looked like there was a bit of a, a bit of an injury there. But uh, I think you could be right, Mike. It could just be psychological, frankly. Maybe. Big guy flying at me would make me think twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The uh, <laughs> that's funny. Tim Capper just said, "Roughing the kicker penalties, I'll trade you yours for ours." Because <laughs> yeah, uh, Montreal's <laughs> no. Montreal's good at no. those. No, no, no. That's good, fair. You're good with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So Janine, I, I understand this could be a long list, but if there's something that you had to point out that was bad, I know you already said it looked like the team kind of gave up, but is there something else that just kind of stood out to you that you're like, "Wow, this is something that they that just needs to be better this week." Well, I pointed out um, I, I pointed out Darvin Adams, and uh, I just don't think he's been as good as um, we all hoped he would. I mean, I think we all were really excited about his signing, and and, and this is all season long. Like he has dropped some pretty mm-hmm. signif- significant passes that would extend drives and give us a chance. Um, and uh, he did it again twice in this, at least twice in this game by my count. Um, so I think just the receivers in general have to get more open. They have to they have to help out their quarterback. They don't have Mazzoli right now, so they got to dig a little bit deeper as well. And they gotta mm-hmm. they gotta help whether it's Arbuckle or Evans. They gotta help them out a little bit more. I would say. Um, our special teams coverage was not what it normally is, but it wasn't hideous. Like, I think I think maybe we took for granted that your special teams has not been all that good what? for I don't know six years or something. What, what, so what is a special team? Our, yeah, exactly. What is this third phase of football you're talking about? Um, but really, I think it's at, at the end of the day, Andrew. What I think my biggest complaint about this last game and really most of the games is the play calling. Mm. I just don't get the play calling. Um, I just, we're not, we're not balancing our attack in any way. Uh, 
one minute we play to the quarterback strengths, then we get away from it um, in the next game. Like it's just the play calling isn't consistent. It's not helping. Paul Apolise has been making some questionable time management, um, some questionable time management decisions. A lot of people are criticizing the decision he made in this game to decline the offside that would have backed right. you up, mm-hmm. uh, put you at two and sixteen instead of three and six, six or whatever it was to goal. kick your fifty-two yeah. yard field. Goal. I actually, I, I will admit, I didn't have a problem with that mm-hmm. uh, with that call. Like fifty-two yard field goal certainly isn't a gimme. So um, it is for know. Sergio. But still, know, Sergio, Sergio <laughs> is pretty great. Um, but that that wasn't one of the big calls that bothered me. But he's just he's had the play calling. I like the play calling to me is really one of our biggest woes, both in this last game and just generally this season. Yeah, which is which is different because obviously Lapo running an offense, we we saw it in Winnipeg. He's so good at it. <laughs> they did so. so we can focus it. on it. Right. Yes. When he's up in, and he used to be up in the booth, right. not mm-hmm. on the field. And to get back to the comment you made earlier, Mike, about, you know, the psychological impact, that's a very different vibe sure. being down on the field and being up in the booth. There's more stuff going on around you. Uh, you got to pay attention to so many more things. There's so many more distractions. Like, it's just so different you're than when he had. Yeah, you're responsible for everything game day scratches like everything so it's just it's like he can't focus on on the play calling in a consistent enough way and that showed again in the last game i wonder too if it's harder for him to spot what the defense is doing because you're right on the field instead of being able to kind of see that overhead view Mm -hmm. I, i know for for me, if I get too close to the field, I have a really hard time figuring out who's going where. But when you're that little bit up and see the play develop and, and maybe that's a difference for him, too, is just being able to kind of see the defense and then going, oh, I know a way that I can get around that. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, so- for sure. And I mean, every OC is a bit different, right? Like Jason Moss is down, uh, is down on the ground. Jamie Elizondo was down on the ground and. Um, you know, everyone is a little bit different, but you're right, Andrew. He's used to calling the offensive plays from a vantage point that is very, very different than the one he has now. Um, and I just think he's having a really tough time uh, wrapping his head around both roles. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, fan, let's start with you for some of the things that the Elks could work on. Well, stop me if you heard this before. <laughs> um, but maybe they could work on some of that discipline. What? In no. the penalty department. Weird. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> They've been doing so well the last few yeah. six years. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it was Moss's fault, and then it was uh, Elizondo's fault, and now I don't know whose fault it is anymore. We'll just spin well, the Chris wheel. Chris Jones, obviously. It's obviously uh, Chris Jones. Obviously. <laughs> well, everything else is, so why not? Um <laughs> It was just one of those things that it's it's not even the penalties, it's when they happen so many times where they extend mm-hmm. drives or it's after the play and it's just anytime you can get the unnecessary roughness calls, um that just is is a real deflator to your team, the fans and everything else, and it's a boost to your opponent. And mm-hmm. I hate seeing it, but I, when you're offside because you're trying to time up a play, that's fine. I can live with that. But 
when you're doing stuff that's after the play, when you're, you know, roughing someone or you're face masking someone or it's, you know, hit out of bounds. It's a tough one. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that was very, very tough for sure. Um, Kamish, what do you got? Well, kind of, I guess, going off what Mike just said, when you actually get a return over the 50 and then a penalty brings it back. <laughs> a great Finally, play, too. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I kind of guess it goes without saying, but I would love some improvement on the special teams because it looked like we had a bit of shining light and then that discipline, uh, or lack thereof, uh, came into play and took back what was historically probably the largest run we've had in a long time. Years. Well, uh, I mean, uh, just get the special teams coordinator to fix that. Oh, wait, uh, we don't have one. Oh, uh, wait. <laughs> well, did you, fun fact, we're last in returns in the CFL, so that's not a surprise at all. We don't have a special teams coordinator. He left. Yeah, that's right. Well, those case, so what, what are, what's the excuse for all the other years? We're last <laughs> in the CFL. <laughs> She's got a good point. Oh, she does. <laughs> I have no answer. I have no answer, but yes, she does have a good point. I mean, so I'm just going to keep harping on that until something happens because I saw some, you know, in the, in the second half, like you said, Mike, the balance came into play, but then our special teams just can't get it rocking. And if you have to have discipline in order to do anything. So you said it. So I'm going to say with the special teams, please do something. We need to get Chris's haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. Yes. Uh, Yes. Chris Igar still waiting for that kickoff return so that he will cut his hair off. Yeah. That would be uh... going to be down to his ankles. Yeah. 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 It's going to be a different, it's going to be a different color. It's going to be gray by the time we're allowed to do this. Um, yeah, exactly. So, I, well, you guys, you guys caught it all for the, the stuff that wasn't great. Um, Janine, I don't want to keep you for too much longer because I know that it's way late out there and, and you have work tomorrow and all those things. So um, set up this week a little bit for us and, and we'll set up the elk side later, but set up to the, the, the red black side. I, I know it's exciting. You've, you've got Devonte Deadman coming back. Um, mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. gotta give a little bit of, of hope and cheeriness. Um, and not for us, but for you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, as we just talked about special teams, but, uh, set up what, what are you hoping for this week? What do you want to see? And, and, uh, and, and what are you hoping will happen? Well, I mean, we're not playing at home, so already I feel like our chances are improving. <laughs> and you're playing at our home, <laughs> yeah, which is like right. double. And, and you're playing, <laughs> what has it been, 1,005 days or something for you? Well, almost 1,050. Yeah. 1,050. Okay, yeah. that's good. That's good to know. I mean, we're 1 in 20 at home, and that's not... I haven't done the math. What's, a, what's that the one part, days? though? The one part I know, we don't I know, know that I know. It's, yeah, I know okay. it's you guys. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was trying. I was trying to The funniest thing about all of that is that we're tied second worst streak of all time of 12 game home games without a win, and it's tied with the Red Blacks. There you go. There and you go. who did they beat teams to end to. their streak? Yeah. So yeah. we have a chance to return the favor this week. Well, so there you go. There you go. But, but I mean... I feel a little bit more positive when it's not a home game because that's the <laughs> real monkey on our back. Um, I, I, you know, I think it's got to be Arbuckle who goes in. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about that earlier, but like 
like Kayla said, no decision has been made yet. And I haven't seen who was throwing. Maybe they were both throwing. They were sharing mm. reps in practice again today. I don't know. I, I haven't looked, but um, we'll have to see there. But I think Arbuckle should get the shot. Um, and Arbuckle knows the Elks a little bit. I mean, he he played mm-hmm. under a Chris Jones-led uh, team for a few games uh, before he got shipped out back to Ottawa. So I think having Arbuckle could be a bit of a it could be a bit of a benefit to us because he knows he knows the team, he knows the playbook a little bit. Um, Devonte Dedman, you said it is going to be a big jolt of energy that we really need, and I'm I'm hoping that his return is actually also going to kind of pump up his teammates. Like it's mm-hmm. definitely pumping up the fans, but I hope it kind of pumps up his teammates as well because he was like the best special teams or teams guy in the whole league last year. And really one of the few things on the Ottawa Red Blacks that made people happy. So, uh, so I do think we need to take advantage of his return and Terry Williams has been doing great, but, um, but I, I think we're going to see Devonte, and then we got to figure out the running, the running game because William Powell is out for six weeks. I think he's on the six week injury. Um, Devonte Williams, didn't really do all that well. And Jackson Bennett had minus three yards. So I like the tandem of the two of them. I kind of liked how that was working with Powell and Bennett, but they got to figure that out. And the O-line has to create, has to create some seams for them. Cause I don't know if you've noticed, but every time we run the ball, we run straight into a brick wall of defensive line. Yeah. So we got to try to, we got to figure that out and, and work on that this week. If we can fix that and we can you know re-energize the team a little with the addition of dead men put our buckle in to try something new i do think we have a shot i really do like every game this season we have a good enough team we have all the tools we need even without mazzoli if we can figure out the right play calling for the quarterback who's dressed um we really do have a shot it's it's just having everything come together is where is where the difficulty has been. So I think they got to take advantage of a thousand and fifty winless games at home. <laughs> well, it's not a thousand and fifty games. I know a thousand and fifty games without a win. We got to take advantage of that. We really do. We have to like use that to fuel us in this game. You said it that you got a wayfield advantage. So yeah, totally. It's <laughs> not supposed to be a thing, but it's a thing. <laughs> It seems to be but a thing. Teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Janine. What Mo. did Travis say to me last week when I was with him? Uh, at, sorry, Andrew. He said, I really hope for you that you get the win at home. And I hope for Andrew and <laughs> Turf District yes. that they get the win at home. So now I wonder if he hopes that I get the win away since you got the win in it, my yeah. state. Yeah, it's tough to say I'll with to Travis. Him. He might, yeah, he might have to think about that one a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I I think, uh, I believe what I messaged you before you, you agreed to come on. And I said, uh, I said, well, Knowing our two teams, we're going to win out there and you're going to win here. So, well, we'll see right. how that plays out. Although I, you know, I, I obviously hope that we win out here. But I'm still glad that you it's came on to talk fair. about it. Yeah, I do appreciate it. No, that. thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So where where do we have, where did that, where does everybody find you so that they can catch up with you online and, 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 and have good football chats and it doesn't have to be a tacky. 
Thanks, Andrew. You can find Michaela and I at Mouchoir Podcast uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, and you can find me at Ottawa J. That's J-A-Y. Um, and uh, yeah, I follow along most of the games, except for the Red Blacks ones. I stay off Twitter for Red Blacks games because it's just a bit too much. But uh, but I'm usually chatting with everybody during other CFL games. So uh, so you can find me easily on Twitter. <clears throat> Fantastic. Well, we uh, we really appreciate you taking the time and staying up to chat with us. And uh, and and I do wish your team luck on Saturday. I hope it's a good game Thank for you. both of us. Let's hope I, for a good game. That's right. That's no injuries. Let's hope that's really what game. we want. Yeah. No injuries. Good yeah. game. Back and forth with some challenge on both sides. That's what we want to see. Like the rest of the week went for every other team. Right. Let's go. <laughs> let's let's have more of those. That's right. There are some good games. <laughs> That's right. All right. We're going to take a really short break and we will be right back with Horde and Tell and to set up this week's game. This is Niles Morgan and you're listening to the Turf Digital Podcast. And we are back and it is time once again for that time-honored tradition in the podcast of Horde and Tell. Super fan, Mike, take it away. Uh, this week is uh, it's a short one, uh, just a single item, but I do love to get some of those oddball items that are out there. So um, every so often you'll see stuff that was made for all the teams, and you just have all of the Edmonton version of that, whether it's uh, you know cups and mugs or posters or whatever. But every so often something will appear, and I'm just like, I have no idea what the story is behind that, but I have to have it. And uh, this week is no exception. Um if I said to you, what's the strangest thing the team could ever put their logo on? I'm betting that you probably wouldn't think typewriter paper. <laughs> huh? Ah, typewriter I have paper. no idea. Wow. Because I've never seen anything else in the stationery department <laughs> that had our logo on it like that. This is a uh, old uh, sort of 1950s logo. Wow. So this has been around for a while. Uh, yeah. Before we had the uh, good the lord, that looks brand new though. Coming out, so like that... uh, yeah, it's in great shape. Absolutely, it's still full of paper. So if uh, I'm ever out of uh, you know, I need to print something, I just open it up and we're good to go. So um, yeah, just one of those bizarre things that came up, and I was just like, I have no idea what that is, but I have to have it. So <laughs> you know, every so often you keep your eyes open, you can see stuff like that. It's a little weird. And, uh, I love it. Oh, that is that is outstanding. Um, thank you for bringing that, super fan. That was yeah. that was good. Um, oops, I have the uh, the wrong things on here. I've already got it marked for overtime. We're not in overtime yet. What is not going yet. on here? Jeepers creepers. Let's get back into Language. our proper thing. I know, right? That's I'm Joe's covering his ears now. As we speak. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, we have a game to set up this week. We are now playing the Ooh. Red Blacks once again. Ooh. It's like deja vu all over again. I hope the score is deja vu. I can say that now that Janine is, I don't feel like I'm rubbing it in. I want that to happen. Uh, Again, last year they beat us twice. I think it's only fair. It's it's fair, yeah. We have Uh, the mirror, mirror version. Correct. Elks are back on home field. I'm not sure if that's a good thing. Like you said, away field advantage. Uh, In the second half. In white. White numbers. Curse of the white numbers is over. Hey, we were wearing white numbers while we were there. Do you think we get to wear our white jerseys with green numbers here maybe the well, team's I don't know. made I think a deal because like that? we broke that curse i wonder if they can keep it i, I have a yeah. feeling i mean the home team gets to make that call yeah so i'm wondering if 
given our record with the white number jerseys, if Ottawa said, we're wearing white this week. Yeah. That, and and ends yeah. up forcing us and to put on the green jerseys. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe the team might be a little superstitious and not play as well, but joke's on them. We yeah. won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll see. Uh, It's the second half of the back-to-back with Ottawa. Uh, Game is at 5 o'clock, so tailgate will be open somewhere between 2.30 and 3. And on the menu, Superfan, is... Oh, tailgate poutine this time. Tailgate poutine. It's time. Oh, it should be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, very exciting. Some actual cheese curds, some proper poutine gravy. And yeah. some nice crunchy fries. It'll be delicious. Oh, it's going to be lovely. I can't wait. Oh, yes. And uh, and I think, I'm pretty sure, my whole gang is actually coming for that one for the first time oh, in a while. <laughs> Everyone is around. Neat. Poutine uh, brings them in every time. Uh, yeah. Every time. That's right. That's how it works. Brings all the family to the yard. Or yeah. <laughs> the stadium or something. I thought that was milkshakes. Uh, no? It's poutine? Hey, whatever. Okay. Well, it's different for everybody. Every family's different. Correct. All right. So uh, we've got uh, Devontae Dedman coming back, as we talked about with Janine. Uh, what are the keys to the game for the Elks this week? Commissioner, we'll start with you. What you did in the second quarter, bring that into the first and second escalate half? it as you go. Yeah, because the second quarter sucked. The second half, you mean? Oh, sorry. Yeah, second okay, half. Good. Second well, half. the last five minutes of the second yeah, quarter were good. They were starting to pick up a little. But yeah, second half. Take that and apply it to the entire game. True. And don't fall asleep, please, at the end of the game. Because it just seems like, I don't know, the Red Blacks of this game felt like the Elks of our entire season where they're just like little hints of greatness and then the rest of it, they're just like sleeping or didn't want to be there. There's no enthusiasm. There was nothing. So oh, you were talking about the team falling asleep. I thought you were telling me not to fall asleep. <laughs> Because it's all fair. of us yes, in the whole and game. all the Commonwealth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You never know these days. It's very busy. Yeah, um, and and I don't like I don't know exactly because we are playing at home, so it's like I feel like it's a curse. So can we have some a priest with some holy water or something and just break the curse? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone out in the stands chanting in Latin. Something. Something. <laughs> It'll be great. Uh, title of the podcast. Instead of, a, <laughs> instead of a miter, they've got a cowbell. It'll be great. <laughs> oh, Chad's on it. I was going to say, I know what Chad's doing on Saturday. That's right. <laughs> Superfan, what are your keys to this game? Uh, I think the word contain comes in a lot. Um, yeah. It doesn't. You don't see as much running if in a Nick Arbuckle-led offense from the quarterback position. Um, but if they do stick Caleb Evans in, you have to contain. And then, like you said, with Devontae Dedman coming back, Oof. especially on special teams, just contain that runner. It's one of those things that when we saw, when we played um, uh, the last home game and all of a sudden they score a touchdown against us yep. on a return, yep. it just takes the wind right out of your sails and you have to be able to contain them on that. And I think that'll just go a long way. And it's almost one of those things that just the, our line has to beat their line ultimately. Yeah. And, and, you know, on the other side of the ball too, our O line in this last game, especially in the second half played so well um, against an Ottawa front. That's 
quite good. Not um, bad. Yeah, yes, Saturn's they have the, the league leading sack getter in and so the but I thought that O line played very well in the second half and, and I want them to do more of that uh, in this game. If they give Corndog time, great things can happen. Well, and you know I have a question too. Sure. With Cordy playing in the center, was it just me or was he creating lanes for Cornelius to sneak through? Because it seemed like Cornelius was always going center out. He was when definitely he had an opportunity the gaps. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if that makes a if that is the difference that was being made because I know he switched to center with David Beard out. But I noticed that a lot in the second was there was lanes for him to actually escape the pocket, which generally he's just flat on his back by that time. Well, it's hard to say because the last game, don't forget, he also had how many 70, 80, 90 yards of running (laughs) in the previous game with Beard there as well. It's just Mm. they seemed to he seemed reticent to run in the first half. It's just Mm -hmm. like he was trying to to be a pocket passer, it felt like. And once he sort of let things go and ran, not because he was being chased down because protection (laughs) fell apart, but because it was a called run play for the for the quarterback. And, And and I just we need to see more of that. Yeah. Well, and, and it helps that that Leitre was was getting, you know, good carries. He was getting seven, eight, yeah. you know, yeah. four, four yard average, but he would mm. th- he was breaking some of those bigger ones. So then they had to at least think about it with him, which then opened up another spot for for Corn. He got a run so. over 10 yards. He did. One yeah. four. Yeah. And that's right. So the over paid off on the three and a half. How about that three Great and a half line. line? That's two weeks in a row. I can't believe I've been. But that one, without even having any numbers in the background, I was like, ooh, that was cool. So, yeah, the over just paid. So that was that was fantastic. Uh, I did like that. So, uh, yeah, lots of good keys to the game. It's going to be an interesting one for sure. Uh, but, of course, join us for the tailgate early, and uh, we will chat football and then go in yes. and enjoy some wonderful That's football on the field. Five o'clock game, right? Five o'clock game. Sure. So, wow, awesome. Great. Like, yeah, done by eight. It's fantastic. It's family friendly. The sun will still be out. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Wow. All of the suns. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very true. All of the sons. Uh, should we get to some pickums? Shall we? Shall we? Uh, pickums. It is this week. We have Calgary versus Winnipeg. We have Hamilton versus Toronto because we haven't heard that one before. Uh, and the second half of the other head-to-head, which is Saskatchewan going out to BC to play out there. Uh, and as we say that, of course, uh, on the podcast, all of our um, positive energy and hopes for Nathan Rourke and his recovery because. We just need him in the league. He's super exciting to watch, and we want to see more of Rourke. Maybe not against us, but we do want to see more of Rourke in general. That has um, brought so many fans together of all teams. Right, yeah. as it should. As it should. When you have a guy like that really stands out that's exciting, exciting. to watch, yeah, you, you want to have that. Uh, now, for our... Um, prop bet this week put some prop bets into the chat and we will go through some of those to pick one for this week but uh, first we will pick these other games so uh, i would say commissioner you go first but then you're gonna say no so super fan you're up where <laughs> who do you have in the games this week okay well we got winnipeg coming off the bye uh, yep. i mean it is still 
the strongest team so far in the league, and especially now with Nathan Work going down, I think that's that's got to be a Winnipeg win at home off a bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that to me is a no-brainer. Hamilton versus Toronto. Hamilton won the last week uh, in a close game, so I think Toronto's going to win this game because it is hard, uh, except for us to win that back-to-back. <laughs> of course, yeah. And Saskatchewan versus BC, I think, is the hardest one to, to call. I agree. Just because we don't know what it's going to be like with Michael O'Connor uh, coming in with the start, knowing he's going to have the start all week so he can prep for it. I don't think there's quite enough film on him for Saskatchewan to game plan as well against, and I think they could use that to his advantage. Um, I've heard a lot of people talking about you know making bringing in another quarterback of course, everyone wants to steal Montreal's backup quarterback, but I just, we found out that's not going to happen. Um, I think BC is going to surprise people and win this one at home. Okay, fantastic. Home, home, and home. Oh, you're, you're going all home teams. Okay. Home sweep. You're up. Nice. Uh, wow, Calgary had a really rough game. It was very, very satisfying to watch. And still won. Ugh. Yeah. That's I know, I know, yeah, yeah. but it was... Uh, Still delightful, regardless of whatever. But yes, I agree. Winnipeg coming off the bye. Calgary with a bit of a, not a momentum shift. They're just kind of not that Calgary team this year. It's a very bumpy. They still pull out wins, but it's it's gritty. But anyway, Winnipeg. And who, sorry, who is Hamilton's quarterback right now? Uh, it was Schiltz, I believe, because Devins was going to be out, I think, one more week. So I think it's Schiltz for one more week, cause at, at the very okay. least. All right. Yeah, and I'll do the home team again in the Argos, because that was a really fun, fun, fun game uh, last time they played. And then I'm kind of edging on Saskatchewan pulling this one out. Oh. Okay. I'll well, just get that out of my system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Yeah, Winnipeg, absolutely, I agree with you guys, is going to take that one. Calgary on a short week, Winnipeg off the bye. Pretty hard to pretty hard to do that. Uh, I am going to go with Hamilton against uh, Toronto. I think Hamilton is starting to play a bit better, and Toronto is floundering a bit, and the, those bad coaching decisions are going to keep catching up with them sooner or later. So uh, I'm going to swing that in the favor of Hamilton. And, of course, because I never picked Saskatchewan, I'm picking BC no matter what. So go BC, go Michael O'Connor. All right. Uh, Superfan, did we have any prop bets in the chat that we could pull out to uh, to go off of? Chris Agar is suggesting uh, Edmonton Elks total sacks. Okay. So number of sacks by the Elks. Okay. Is there any others or a different one that you wanted? I'm not seeing anything else in the chat right now about that. But, I mean, we're still waiting to see if anyone's going to come up with anything. But um, Okay. Oh, it is a tough one. I would say myself, how many running yards are we going to get out of Taylor Cornelius? Oh, <laughs> wow. You picking a running yard. That's weird. A running yeah. yard, yes. It's my... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you don't like the running parts usually too much. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, well... <laughs> what? Do you, okay, see any others in there? Or which one do you want to pick? We have a few more. Okay. So Ken Ludwig okay. says, uh, 
Uh, Edmonton looks special teams coverage yards given up. Oh, good Lord. That's a big number. Okay. That yeah. is a big number. And uh, Coach Vic says Elks passes over 20 yards. Ooh, interesting. We had rushes over 10 yards. Now we're talking passes over 20 or 20 and over. Who knows? Okay. So the options we've got Elk sacks. We've got yep. Elks coverage yards, coverage given, yards up. given up. We've got passes over 20 yards and we've got run yards by Cornelius. Yeah. Okay, Commissioner, which one of those four do you want? Oh, don't make me decide. Yeah, pick one. Sophie's choice for her. I mean, come on. Really? Come on now. Um, have we done sacks before or like this year? Yeah, we had sacks on Sask. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. so let's do the Cornelius runs. Cornelius runs. Okay, how many? It's not number of times that how he long rushes. Does he have the runs? It's how, how many yards that he runs? How many yards? <laughs> so, oh, yes. So <laughs> the throwing, the... Hi. <laughs> okay. uh, so good. So, uh, how many yards for Cornelius? Okay. Uh, now they're playing the same team. And how many did he get last week again? How many did he get? He got, was it 50? I don't think it was That's a I, ton. Yeah, it wasn't the same amount. 47. 47. Okay. And then the time before that, though, I think he had more he had, when he played the week before. Yeah, he had 80, um, I think, that week before, if I remember correctly. It was certainly a, a lot more against Sask. Um, let me take a look. He had 86 yards. Okay. All right. Well, then let's just make this interesting then, and we'll just say Taylor Cornelius running yards with the line at 49 and a half yards. So <laughs> Kayla's really thinking about this one. <laughs> We're all glad it's a video podcast. <laughs> well, I totally thought you were going to go like in between like the no, average 60, of both. Yeah. No, oh. no. I'm going to make it more fun. I was going to go under, but so, now I'm like. Okay, so 49 and a half. What do you got? Commissioner, you go first. I'll go over. Okay. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> Super fan? We will get exactly 49 and a half yards. No. Um, <laughs> just to mess it all up. For Uncle BD's putting over. it on the sheet that way just to just to watch the chaos. Yeah, exactly. All yeah, right. they're secretly watching. McAdoo's watching going, I know what we're going to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. No, I think he's going to go over. Um, I think being at home and just seeing the success he's had against uh, that team with the run, uh, I think he's going to go over. Okay, and I'm going to go just under because I think that Litre gets a bit more. 49 and I think even. There's going to be some. Pa- oh my God. That would be amazing <laughs> if that happened again. Be like, wow. Or okay. 50. Yeah, 50. That's fine. I don't care. If it's close to that, I'm impressed. So that's fine. Um, all right, so we've got two two overs and an under, and we will put that uh, the poll out on Twitter again uh, the day before the game, so make sure that you check that out. Uh, fantasy football, super fan. We both won our matches last week. I am still undefeated versus Ryan Coop. You are. Man, you you got got the Coop's number there, which is hard to do because he's usually running. He hasn't lost a lot. No, It was was close, too. It was a five or six point win. Oh, man, that's awesome. I will take it. Yes. Especially losing. (laughs) I lost Philpot. 
Yeah. And I lost Rourke. So yeah, me too. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, another so tough week. Another tough week. Exactly. Uh, who do you have this week? Joe Pritchard. Joe Pritchard. That's from correct. Rouge, White, and Blue. Yes, and I have. I know. I you have a Rouge. You have our oh, my favorite got jort wearer. That's right. I got the jorts man. Uh, yep. Adults from Rouge Radio. Uh, so jorts man versus jorts man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the J-Men the versus each other. All right. Uh, yeah. Find all those great shows at CF Pod Network, uh, and you can follow along. Is it is it CF Pod Fantasy? Pod is that where the, the Fantasy League stuff is? That sounds right, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's something along those lines. Um, but, yes, check that. We always retweet them, and you'd be able to see the standings and the scores and all those kind of fun things. So make sure you are checking that all out. This episode is CFL also CFL Pod Fantasy. Oh, CFL Pod Fantasy. There we go. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Although it is a million degrees outside right now, winter is coming and energy usage for all Albertans will be increasing. Now is a great time for you to look at your utility bills and ensure the best plan. Albertans have a choice who they pay their utility bills to. Park Power is happy to provide free, no obligations comparisons. And if you decide to switch providers, it's easy. And you can feel good knowing you are supporting a local business and helping to give back to our communities with your utilities bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Oh, that was, this is fun. We still have overtime to go, too. So many good things to chat about still. Uh, let's go with where does everybody find all of us on the onlines? Commissioner, we'll start with you. On Twitter at Duchess Lombardi. Perfect. Super fan. Uh, you can find me at 56 Parkies. And then the Horde and History can be at the Edmonton Football History Twitter account at E-D-M-H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. Wonderful. And you can find me at Free Pelicious. Uh, our APN shout out this week goes to Three Kitchens. Uh, three pals get together every Tuesday to share recipes, tips, and kitchen adventures. Uh, in their most recent episode, they made their own kind of Pop-Tarts. Hey, you have Pop-Tarts. Yummy. Yeah, I must say. So follow that. Find them and all the other great shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Got the laugh. That's Just good. never gets old. I know, right? Never gets old. Uh, follow our friends at Pay It Forward with football. They, are, of course, are sending people to games by uh, nomination and, of course, continuing to spread kindness. Uh, join and follow in all the wonderful things that they do. And follow the Turf District. Uh, that is on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Uh, make sure that you're joining in the huddle with us as we have lots to talk about. Uh, and finally, we had something good to talk about this week. So maybe we'll have... A double positive to talk about right away. It'll be so exciting. Uh, so join us there for all of the chats. Uh, of course, not while the game is on because we're a little busy, but after the game, ready to chat with all of you. So uh, if you're on YouTube Live, stick around for overtime. We will be back to do a little more chatting with all of you. Uh, otherwise, we will be back next week to talk about a second win, a first win at home. Let's. Is it coming to an end? Yes, it is. Yes. Right. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. Let's talk about that. Uh, so for Janine, uh, Commissioner Kayla, and Superfan Mike, I'm Andrew. Remember, you can't catch footballs with your face, and we will absolutely talk to you next week.
Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 